welcome to another episode of This and That. I am your hostess, Christine Jobson. Um, guys, I have to say that... Guys, I have to say that I am feeling a bit broken right now, and I cannot even find the words to describe truly the depth of my feelings. And this is the way that a lot of black people probably are feeling during this time. Just two episodes, I had to talk about the murder of a black man, the senseless murder of Ahmad Arbery. And here we are, just two episodes or two weeks later, and there's yet another senseless murder, this time at the hands of police. And I put off watching the video as long as I could. And then I knew I had to watch it. For me, I had to watch it. Um, a lot of people have decided that they won't. And I totally respect that choice because the video of George Floyd's murder, lynching, is quite disturbing to say the very least. So before I go into detail as to what I witnessed in that video, I want to share with you the post that I shared on my social media just moments after watching that video as I tried to, as I tried to, to package all of my feelings into words. This is what I wrote. I'm so tired of watching my people die at the hands of the police. I'm so tired of seeing my people lied on and antagonized. I'm so tired of watching my people beg for their lives, screaming that they can't breathe. I'm so tired of hearing my black friends tell me that they are afraid to do normal things like go for a jog. I'm so tired of watching my people bleed to death. I'm so tired of making posts about being tired. Are we not allowed to live? Are we not human? I put off watching the video of George Floyd's murder at the hands of police until now, and I just can't unsee it. Yet, I've seen it so many times before. This is why we say hashtag Black Lives Matter. Because every day I learn that to some people... Our lives don't matter. Hashtag rest in peace, George Floyd. My, my sincere condolences to everyone that loved you. Here we go again. I'll tell you what I saw in that video, guys. I saw a black man lying on the floor next to a vehicle on the ground outside on the pavement. 
his face smashed into the pavement. A white male officer with his knee and body weight on his neck. And before I tell you about what I heard, let me continue to tell you what I saw. I saw this white male officer, and this is the, for some reason, this, this stands out in my memory of, of that video. Not only was his knee on the neck of this poor black man, this strong black man, this black man that had the right to live, his knee was on his neck, but he had his hand in his pocket. It was the most smug stance that I have seen in one of these brutal killings by police. You know, usually they're actively involved in choking the person or apprehending the person with their hands in some way, but it just struck me that this police officer had his hand in his pocket. This, this smug position of power to say, I don't even have to use my hands to kill this black man. Then I saw another officer who appeared to be of Asian descent standing there as if he was on guard trying to keep the other people who were videotaping this incident away from the officer who was murdering George Floyd. And I could not help but be just shocked by that. Even though I've seen things like this over and over again. Now let me tell you what I heard. I heard George Floyd repeatedly telling the officer that he could not breathe, that everything hurt, and basically pleading for his life. And yet the officer silently remained in his position of power with his knee on his neck. And how symbolic is that? A black man pleading for his life he can't breathe. And a white man, a white police officer, with his hand in his pocket, as he, as he smothers him to death, with his hand in his pocket, as he begs for his life. And repeatedly he tells him, everything hurts, I can't breathe. My neck, he, he's crying out to him, and his face is pushed into the pavement with the force of a man's knee and body weight. And yet he wouldn't stop. And yet the other officer who was standing guard did nothing to stop him. I also heard the cries of the people who were videotaping. They pleaded with the officer Okay, he's not resisting arrest. He's not resisting. You can take your knee off of him. Why do you have to keep him pinned down like that? Repeatedly, they, they cry out to the officer, and he remains in his position of power with his knee on a black man's neck, 
cutting off his airway. At a certain point in the video, we can no longer hear George Floyd's cries. George Floyd is no longer speaking. George Floyd is silent. And we can only assume that at this point, he is unconscious. We no longer hear his cries, his pleas to release him, to allow him to just breathe. As one of the bystanders said, why can't you just put him in the car, handcuff him? Why do you have to have your knee on his neck? And so we watched. We all watched, those of us who, who have seen the video. We watched that black man lose his life senselessly. They could have handcuffed him. They could have put him in the back of the police vehicle and move forward with the arrest. But no, they decided to murder him. And at this point, I'm told that this officer, as well as three other officers, have been fired from their jobs. But I want to see them pay for what they have done. Police officers must be held accountable. We cannot sit and just watch them repeatedly get away with murdering black people, and in particular, black men. They can't continue to believe that it's okay, that they can get away with this. It's wrong. Black lives do matter. And the only way that we will be able to see that our lives matter is if there are real consequences for actions such as these. I could name so many black people who were killed senselessly by police or other white people because they decided to take the law into their own hands. When does it stop? When do we get the chance to just live? Why can't we be arrested and live to talk about it or get our day in court? Why must we die while we're in custody? It's ridiculous. Mind you, this man was not even being apprehended for a violent crime. Apparently, he was being arrested for forgery. For forgery. Did he deserve to die for that? And then on top of that, there's a post on Facebook describing several other things that have happened recently. There was a white woman who called the cops on a black man in Central Park. Get this. This black man, who is an avid bird watcher, was in Central Park watching birds. One of the rules in this park is that your dog must be on a leash. A white woman who was also in the park did not have her dog on a leash. So he asked 
this white woman to please put her dog on a leash. This woman proceeds to tell this black man, she's so outraged that a black man would ask her to put her dog on a leash. She threatens that she's going to call the police. And he, of course, is now recording her and says, go ahead, please call the police. And she says, I'm going to tell them that there's an African-American man threatening my life. She's standing there with her dog. Okay? Not in danger. She's now starting to approach this black man and trying to command him to stop recording her. When, of course, recording her is his only defense because it would be her word against his. And we know how that goes here in America. And so... She, she actually calls the police. She tells them that she is being threatened by a black man. Then she had the nerve to say something about, oh, I was alone in the park and I, I didn't know what to do. And she also tried to apologize. But guess what? She lost her job. So happy to hear that. But if you ask me, she should spend some time in jail. Because when women like her call the cops on black men, they are often believed, and the punishment for black men is severe. And they get to make these false claims and just walk away, and nothing happens to them. Again, there needs to be consequences. Then I read about a youth pastor who claims that he was kidnapped by black men in order to admit why he was in the hotel room. This married youth pastor was in a hotel room really because he wanted to see a prostitute. I believe a male prostitute, if I'm not mistaken. And while there, two men uh, robbed him. And so when he ended up at the police station, of course, he didn't want his family to know that he was in this hotel in order to see a prostitute. So he created this whole story about how two black men apprehended him and were trying to rob him and took him to this hotel or or motel. And how convenient is it that he had to villainize two black men in the process? A youth pastor. This is a spiritual leader of young people. This is the story he created because he likes to play around and see prostitutes and did not want to live up to what he had done. This is the youth pastor, the pastor who should be preaching about relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship with God, forgiveness, humanity, being kind to your neighbor. This is the man who did this. And of course, people were quick to get on social media in support of him once they found out what the scary black men did to him, right? But thankfully, a news station got wind of the story and wondered how they had not heard about this kidnapping, this robbery that took place. The two men, the two black men that apparently took this man and robbed him. Why hadn't they heard about it? So they did some research and they found out he was a liar. This white male youth pastor was a liar. Then I read a story about a Florida mother who said that two black men abducted her autistic son, okay? 
She said that two black men abducted her autistic son when actually she drowned him in a canal. This is another white woman. I cannot even begin to express the level of sickness it takes to not only drown your autistic child, but to then blame it on two black men. Why did you have to choose black men? Why couldn't you have blamed this on any other race? Well, I guess in her mind as a white woman, she figured her word against the word of two black men, who's going to be believed? She was betting that she would be believed. That didn't work out for her. We're thankful for news outlets who will do some research and, and attempt to find out the truth. We're, we're thankful for cell phone footage. We're, we're thankful for all of that. And it's great that in 2020, we can capture these incidents. It's, it's great that the African-American man who was bird watching at Central Park, in Central Park was able to take out his phone and videotape the, the altercation because otherwise he might be in jail or he might be dead. It's great that we can capture these things. However, when will these things actually stop? In my opinion, it will stop when there are real consequences for bad behavior. Harsh consequences for bad behavior. There should be harsh consequences when white people call the cops on black people who are not doing anything wrong. And I won't even begin to list all of the times that white women have been caught calling the cops on black people, children and adults alike. Black children, black adults have been accused falsely by white women, but it's the, the fact that they weaponize the police in order to, to get their way. They know that when the police are involved, it can become very quickly a life-threatening situation for black people. We know that. We know that countless black people have been killed by police. So when a person calls the police on a black person, you have to consider what their motive is. Are they calling the police because they want resolution or are they calling the police because they want the black person to pay? They want the black person to suffer. They want the black person to die. You understand the depths of calling the police. It is not just, oh, let me call the police. It is a weapon. Picking up your phone to call the police on a black person who is not doing anything is a weapon. You have weaponized your cell phone against a black person when you do that. And I hope that you can hear me when I say that. It is not a game to call the police on a black person in America in 2020. It's not a joke. It is dangerous. And it has to stop. And there has to be consequences for doing things like that. There must be consequences. Jail time, fines, 
You need to lose your job. Something drastic needs to happen. Otherwise, people won't stop doing it. Something has to change. You know, when I started this podcast, I didn't think that I would be spending so much time talking about black men being murdered. I I wanted this podcast to stay more on the lighter side of things. But as I, I said in the first episode, I am a black woman. And so the stories I tell in this space are going to be my stories. I am a black woman. They're gonna be they're gonna be stories of heartbreak. They're gonna be stories of confusion. I I am hurting right now. And I have this platform, I have this space, and I have to find a way to express these feelings. And so I have. And to my white brothers and sisters who may tune into this podcast, I encourage you to use your voice, to speak out when you see something that is wrong. Speak to your people. Let them know that what they are doing is not right. If you see something that is unfair, that is unjust, Use your voice as a white person to get justice. And listen a lot. Listen when your black friends express themselves. Just listen. Do your best to sympathize, but use your voice, use your resources. Use your vote. Use whatever you have at your disposal, your money, your influence, whatever it may be, to speak out against this violence towards black people. And to my black brothers and sisters, I'm sorry that you have to experience this. I'm sorry that we have to go through this. I suppose it's just the reality of being black in America. We are strong, we are capable, we continue to rise above incidents like this time and time again, and we will rise above this one. My heart goes out to the family of George Floyd. I pray that they will, that they will be encouraged in some way that Maybe they would feel the love and support of, of, of people all over the world who, who are watching this. And, and, and I hope that they will know that their loved one, George Floyd, his life did matter. And I hope that justice will be served. That's all I have for today.